Welcome to the Maritime Executives Podcast Series, In the Know. I'm Tony Munoz, Editor-in-Chief. Our Executive Corner Podcast will provide conversations with top executives concerning events and issues that are shaping our industry today. We will also bring you up to speed with the latest news and editorials covered by the Maritime Executive. Welcome to the Maritime Executive Magazine Podcast, In the Know. I'm Paul Benecki. In this edition, Editor-in-Chief Tony Munoz speaks with Tom Crowley, the CEO of Crowley Maritime, about the challenges of running a diversified maritime company during the COVID-19 pandemic. It is Mr. Crowley's third appearance on the In the Know podcast, and he is our most popular recurring guest. His previous episodes include a debate over the Jones Act, our third most listened recording, and a conversation about the future of LNG as a marine fuel, both of which are available at www.maritime-executive.com slash podcast. Today we have with us uh, Tom Crowley, chairman and CEO of Crowley Maritime. He is coming back for his third podcast with us. It's always great to talk to you, Tom, and it's been a while since we last spoke. How have you been, and uh, are you working for home? And start us off that way, please. Sure. Well, thanks, Tony. It's great uh, great to be back and, and uh, connect with you and, and Maritime Executive. I uh, really appreciate the coverage you give our industry, and and uh, I always look forward to to reading uh, what you're reporting. It's been uh, been very insightful. So thanks for thanks for giving me the opportunity here. Yeah, so we've been we've been working uh, from home uh, since the craziness began in mid March. Um, you know, I think like everyone, it was a little slow to settle in uh, from the beginning of March to the middle of March, but it became pretty apparent where things were headed and. Uh, we set up a incident management team, which we we do in the cases where uh, we've got to have to have the whole organization react to a, a big event, and this clearly has turned into one of those. We still um, have our offices uh, very lightly utilized uh, for you know essential needs, um, but most of the administrative staff is working from home. Um, our terminals are all operational, and we've been able to maintain. Um, maintain that through all of this with uh, proper safety protocols in place. Our, you know, our biggest priority has been the safety of our employees. And um, I think we've done a, a good job on the office front in terms of shutting that down and, and really enabling people to work from home. We can talk a little bit more about that uh, in a bit here. But on the, on the vessel side of things, that's where I think our biggest challenge is lie with respect to getting our crews uh, on and off the, the vessels and ensuring that we keep keep the vessels free of any contamination. So, obviously, you have this diverse corporation. I've been thinking about it, you know, from the tugboats to the harbor services to Alaska, the barging, the tankers, the ATBs, uh, the LNG vessels, the Caribbean. How do you manage this, Tom? And especially in the times like like now, is has it been technology and Zoom meetings and remote communications? How are you keeping it all together? Um, well, I have to give um, all the credit to the employees that were kind of put into the situation. I, I think it's really remarkable to me that, that uh, things unfolded. And while we had the tools available, um, the change in business processes uh, could never have been anticipated. Um, so it's it's really you know while we were fortunate that you know we deployed a, 
uh, a new batch of PCs and laptops last year. Uh, we had begun the rollout of Microsoft Teams as part of our Office 365 suite of, of communication tools. And we had begun training on that because this year was the year they were doing away with Skype for Business and, and converting over to Teams. But it was going to be a rough, uh, a rough change. People, people don't always like change, um, you know, in, in an organization. So we had started the change management process and, um, it was really remarkable when, when COVID hit and everybody moved home, how people took up that technology. And, you know, we could have, we could have trained for years and tried to shift, uh, shift business processes, but because of the necessity, um, people just jumped to the jumped to the opportunity and, and made it happen. Whether it was learning on YouTube or uh, figuring it out for themselves, or maybe having their kids help them out. Um, I don't I don't know what I'm sure it's all of the above. Um, but we've really uh, embraced the technology, and uh, the to, to have those face to face video meetings uh, enabled through through the Teams functionality uh, really has made a huge difference. And, uh, you know, people are uh, very available. Uh, people are very responsive. And I think it's been it's really been a, a very positive outcome of of this otherwise very difficult situation we find ourselves in. How about your customers? How do you keep them in the loop? Well, you know, it's interesting. Every customer is a little bit different. Um, just, just like every every business, this, this situation has affected differently. Um, you know, some customers, uh, have had their businesses turned upside down. Other customers have had their businesses take off to the point where they never expected. And others, it's just kind of business as usual. So, uh, you know, our approach has uh, always been staying close to our customer needs, uh, main, maintaining those communications, better understanding how, how the, the shutdown and how how the the changes in the in the economy are affecting each customer and trying to adjust our our relationship to to fit those requirements. So, um, you know, some customers had big drop offs in business, um, others had increases, and we had to balance our equipment across those requirements. Um, so it's it's been a challenge, but I would say you know all in all, um, we've been able to to stave off um, uh, the worst of it and. And fulfill all of all of our customer needs. What new protocols has Crowley introduced to protect the Mariners, ensure uh, compliance with the CDC guidelines? Um, yeah, well, we you know we've been working I think first as an industry um, uh, with respect to the U.S. seafarer. Um, uh, that, that has been, a, I think, another very positive benefit where industry has come together to really put together protocols to ensure that uh, we keep, keep the vessels safe um, and, and the crew members safe. Um, those protocols were based on CDC uh, recommendations, but you know, the CDC did not have a maritime uh, specialty uh, until this, you know, this event. They stood one up. Um, but I think the, the industry really came together. The, the cooperation from the unions has been fantastic. Um, they, they really stepped up. The, the crews themselves stepped up when this first broke out. Um, we had to ask crew members to stay aboard uh, so that we didn't introduce um, uh, new uh, potential vectors of the, of the disease. And so we had crews that had to, had to stay on board much longer than planned. 
and not able to go home despite you know despite their families being subjected to this situation. Uh, once we were able to develop you know the appropriate protocols and everybody was comfortable that this was a safe safe route to take. Key element in that is testing. Uh, we, you know we had to really bet, understand first of all what the tests uh, were, what the what the options were, what the capabilities of each test, and, and how to how to get those applied. So we're still learning on that front, and um, uh, but uh, you know we put all those pieces together to develop the protocol, and uh, it's been it's been working. Um, you know we've we've it's not without hiccups for sure, but uh, but I think all in all it's um, uh, the vessels have kept running, and uh, we've been keeping keeping the crew safe. And, and the crew, uh, the crews have been changed in and out and on a regular basis, or did they get stuck on some of the vessels? And um, now the new procedures of testing by by your company has got some of it back to normal. Is that true? Yes, yes, it is. That is true. We are, um, you know, we're a little bit different because we have seasonal work, so we had to uh, to gear up for our Alaska season. Um, so that involved uh, crewing, you know, the initial crewing of a number of vessels in the April timeframe, which was kind of right out of the gate. So we learned a lot through that process, and then as we as we kind of gained our knowledge on that, we were able to start relieving the crews that had been uh, on since the, since the March lockdown. So there, but you know, I think I have to say the crews were incredibly uh, understanding. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of animosity. They really worked with us and helped us and, and, uh, and really provided us with, um, the ability to continue to operate without any interruptions. There were a lot of concerns about Alaska and the passenger vessel, the fishing, et cetera. Um, how is Alaska going, Tom? Well, so far so good. I mean, I think you've read, um, some things in, um, in the paper about some fishing. Uh, processor vessels. And I know that industry is very, very focused on it too. We've shared, you know, ideas and learnings, uh, with them and, and they're, they're managing the situation, uh, very, very carefully. Um, we, uh, we were able to crew all of our vessels, um, and, uh, and they're currently in theater now, uh, operating. Awesome. Do you see any lasting changes that we're going to have to deal with because of the virus? I mean, would there be kind of some sort of reset that we will have to deal with as, as people say, you know, a chance to step back and examine, you know, where we've been and how things are going, um, especially with the new spikes going on around us? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's going to be a reset um, as much as um, just continued learning. I think, you know, we've learned a tremendous amount. Um, over the past several months, we know we have a lot more to learn, um, and we know that that things will only change um, as uh, as the disease evolves and as the vaccinations come on stream and as the testing improves. Um, you know, I, I I just I see you know a constant level of change as it relates to managing through uh, the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic. Um, with respect to the economy, I think we've, you know, we've, we've given a lot of attention to, um, to the pandemic. Um, I'm very concerned about the economy, um, and, and what that's going to look like. And again, I don't think it's going to be a reset, 
but I think there's going to be some, you know, fundamental changes in behavior um, on the part of consumers, and and um, and I think that you know, we, we've got to understand what that's going to look like and what you know what the new economy will evolve uh, will be evolving into, so that we can position ourselves to you know continue to serve our customers' needs and and provide you know provide solutions, but. I I don't see a reset, but I do see um, you know a constant evolution, a constant change developing over the coming six to eighteen months. What's the state of the company? Can you give us an update on it and its businesses? Yeah, I mean, sure. Like our you know, like our customers, um, our our company is diversified. So you know, parts of our company have not been impacted really at all. Um, some have benefited. Um, but others, you know, we've seen huge drop-offs in, in manufacturing, particularly in Central America and the importation of, of apparel goods, uh, with stores being closed, you know, that, that business, well, the combination of the, the combination of the plants, uh, dealing with the pandemic and keeping their employees safe, and then the, the economic situation here in the U.S., um, you know, has shut those plants down for a good period of time. So they're coming back on steam now, and, and I think, Again, we'll evolve back to some new normal, um, but but we're working closely with those customers to understand what that what that new normal looks like. So, you know, the company's revenues are definitely have been impacted. We've taken some you know, substantial cost reduction measures um, we've put in place, um, and you know, we, we remain uh, uh, very focused on on our growth uh, growth opportunities and continuing to invest in the business and. And keep uh, keep close to our customers. Have you had to lay up any equipment? Um, we haven't laid up anything um, specific to the COVID crisis. We're got, we are uh, in the process of uh, uh, fine tuning some of our vessel rotations. So we've um, we have a vessel that we took out of service in the Caribbean islands, but then we purchased two new vessels. Or two vessels that um, uh, we've had on charter, so I'd say it's really been more fine tuning. Um, the the Gulf of Mexico with the downturn in, in oil, it was another crisis on top of the pandemic. Was the the, the oil crisis of 2020? Um, so you know we have uh, equipment uh, there that uh, had been idle, um, but uh, we will be moving uh, some of that equipment up to. Uh, Brunswick, Georgia, to be working on the, the salvage of the Golden Ray. Okay. So um, there are a few few nuggets of opportunity out there that we we've been able to jump on. But um, uh, and then of course I already mentioned our Alaska fleet's fully deployed. So I would say things are on from an operating tempo. Um, uh, they haven't really uh, changed much as a result, which has made it difficult because you know you've got you've got to continue to run a business. You know, despite uh, the drop in revenue, it's you know it's a, it's a challenge. So we've uh, that team has done a great job, and I think we're really focused on controlling our costs and uh, ensuring that uh, we're serving our customers' needs. You're a Jones Act company, and how do you how, how are you seeing Jones Act industry? Is it is it suffering? I would say that that we're supporting. Yeah, are you know our critical parts of uh, our country, and so 
with the consumer goods and and um, necessary supplies that we're taking to Puerto Rico and Hawaii and Alaska um, are are much more in need than say you know the apparel um, commodities that we're exporting out of Central America. So I would say that the, the drop off in business has been much less in in trade where we were so important to the ongoing. Um, sustainment of of the of those local economies with re, the respect to the crews themselves and you know the the real benefit of the Jones Act um, you know besides being a lifeline to those to those communities um, the other side of it is that those are American seafarers those are American jobs um, that are you know that are being preserved and and I and I would say there's a sense of duty on the part of uh, our crews at least from what we see that they have a role um, in in keeping these supply chains open and uh, and serving the national security interests of our country. So uh, you know I, I think um, I think it's a great testament to uh, the power of of having American seafarers, the power of the Jones Act, and the ability to keep these markets um, open in times of of frankly utter chaos. Uh, when you look at, you know, other parts of the cruise industry or the hotel business, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty amazing that it's one thing to shut your company down in, in a, in a period like this, but to have to operate at a full tempo is something very, very different. And, uh, I'm very proud of, of our crews and, and our, and our team that have been able to do that. Because of a sense of vulnerability that, um, the Jones Act has always been under attack. Is it more under attack now or less under attack now? Um, well, you know, it's it's always under attack by a very small number of of vocal um, vocal people. They really don't have any basis for the claims that they make. There's been some, I think, very weak attempts to poke holes in in you know what's actually happening, and um, and so I, I think. As their arguments weaken, they pay less attention to it because there are other things that they can go uh, stir up trouble with. And, you know, as far as, as the arguments around American jobs and national security, um, they're really, you know, those two things are so important. And it's a great, it's a great opportunity, I think, for, for, um, you know, a new generation of, of seafarers that are coming into the into the job market today, and we're very very excited about um, you know our diversity program and uh, making sure that you know we build a, a more diverse, more capable, and stronger um, seafarer capability in this country. I think it's it's an amazing resource to have, and it would you know it would be a tragic uh, failure for us to to throw it away. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, what is the largest segment of uh, Crowley? Is it still towing? Um, no, I mean, I would say it's our logistics business. So, um, you know, we've rolled um, all of our container shipping, trucking, um, and air freight capabilities into a single, you know, single business unit. So we're basically serving our customer supply chain needs, whether it be to Puerto Rico or Central America or Cuba. You know, you you know we we really want to look to our customer and 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 how they need to get their goods to market and that that's you know that's our role in, in the logistics business um so 
you know, we, we, we serve the, the Caribbean basin. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we, we want to continue to grow that, grow that business. Um, the ATBs and tanker business is also, um, you know, significant both with respect to owning and operating vessels, but also managing vessels for, for other, uh, other parties. So, you know, that's also a very strong, strong part of the business. And then our, our fuels business up in Alaska, um, we've uh, just been awarded a, a new contract um, there, um, building a, a tank farm for um, uh, the DLA, the Defense Logistics Agency. Um, so that's uh, really exciting uh, to have won that contract, and we'll be uh, implementing that here very, very soon. Outstanding. You know, a year ago, you and I talked about the LNG business and the two new fuel LNG fuel container um, vessels that you have serving Puerto Rico. How is that going? How uh, the LNG, uh, I know you um, have, you fuel them in Jacksonville. Um, how is Puerto Rico going? How How is that trade going for you? With these uh, it's vessels? going strong. Yeah, it's going very strong. The vessels have been fantastic. We've, you know, uh, we've achieved all of our goals. I think I, I talked to that in the last, in the last podcast, but, but, uh, in terms of fuel consumption and, and, uh, the cargo capability of the vessels, uh, they've been fantastic. Um, you know, I don't think anybody saw that diesel, uh, prices would drop the levels they have. Um, so, you know, it certainly hasn't been an economic advantage to have LNG as a fuel. Um, but in terms of the vessel's capability of burning clean, uh, and, uh, and the skills that our crews have been able to develop, uh, uh, to better understand these systems and how to, how to, you know, get the most out of them has really been, uh, incredibly valuable. So we're continuing to invest in our LNG distribution business, uh, you know, based on all that we've learned and, and understand about the, the opportunities ahead. Uh, we're building actually a, a truck rack facility in, in Puerto Rico. Um, we currently carry LNG fuel on our ships down to Puerto Rico, but we'll be able to switch that, um, uh, service and we'll be able to import, uh, LNG directly to the island and then distribute it, uh, via truck, uh, to our customers, uh, throughout the, throughout the island. So we're very excited about that new business opportunity. Yeah, that sounds great. That, uh, and that's taking place now. Yeah, we have the facilities under construction, and, and uh, we're signing contracts now with uh, customers to continue to, to serve their needs. Wow, that's great. That's outstanding. Um, listen, what are some of the key takeaways um, coming out of this um, this shutdown and this restructuring of business for you, for you and your company? What are you taking away from how you've had to adjust in so many ways, in so many different aspects of tugboats and ships and ATBs and logistics? I mean, it has to have been an incredible relearning of everything that you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, as I said before, it's it's a learning that's going to continue. I think we've got a lot still to learn. We've learned a tremendous amount. Um, so, you know, I, while I don't have um, uh, an answer for, for what it would look like, um, I do know that, and, and what I've seen happen is the adaptability and the capability of our team uh, to adjust, you know, without 
um, you know, without a lot of of um, the support that they would be used to uh, through a normal kind of change event. Um, it was really thrust upon all of us very, very quickly, and uh, it was either adapt or die. And uh, it was amazing to see how that, how the team could come together. And I think it's an important lesson to learn, um, you know, as individuals that you know there's always reasons why you can't do something um but when you have to do something um it's quite amazing what you can accomplish so i think for for our company and 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 our team i think we've we've talked to that point is you know let's use this as the opportunity to empower ourselves and and try things that we you know otherwise would think were not possible so that's that's exciting that's an exciting uh outcome for us and and i hope to see that really take us in in some new directions um and lastly uh, give our listeners something to be hopeful about uh, that you see in the maritime industry i wouldn't i wouldn't you know hold it just in the maritime industry i think uh all in all uh the strength we have in our country is our economy and um we are clearly putting it to the test um We've done that in the past. We're certainly doing that again. Um, but, you know, I think we do have an adaptive economy. It's, it's, it's one that, you know, is not based on a lot of, of government support. Um, uh, and there's a lot of freedom, uh, for us to, to change and, and try new things. And if things don't work to start over. And, uh, that's clearly going to have to happen a lot because the, you know, my, my belief is that the consumer's behaviors will, will dramatically change as a result of this. And, um, and I think if there's any system in the world that's more capable of adjusting to that, you know, quickly changing environment, it's, it's the American economy. So, um, you know, I think that, that's our, that's our hope. Um, but it's, it's scary because there there is clearly going to be a tremendous amount of change and we don't always uh deal well with that and uh so i would just you know caution not to let that you know get you down too much um uh embrace that change look and see what you know what how we have been successful through this crisis and uh and focus on on how we can uh leverage that into the future and uh create new opportunities that we never thought existed before I want to thank you very much. It was great to talk to you again. Uh, glad you took a few minutes of uh, your time to spend with me and the people that uh, listen and read our publication. Tony, thank you for the great relationship through all these years and the great coverage that you've um, you've had of our industry. And and I really I really appreciate it and uh, look forward to working with you and many more. Thank you and. Um, Be well, be safe, and I hope to speak to you soon. Sounds good. You take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to In the Know, the Maritime Executive Magazine podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next exciting discussion on maritime technology, business, and policy. In the meantime, please visit us online at www.maritime-executive.com for the latest news and views from around the industry.